What is up, IDP Army? What is up, fantasy football fanatics? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk. This is the IDP Army podcast. This is the Dynasty T. This is the offensive points. This is all of it, okay? We do the whole gambit here, and I'm here with my man, Leo, the number one IDP ranker in all of the whole planet, whole galaxy last year. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, and we are going to be talking about idp rankings all right and we're gonna it's gonna be top of the iceberg stuff but we're gonna get you oriented on the guys you're gonna build your teams around in dynasty for the upcoming year couple of years if you're hopefully setting up to actually build a meaningful dynasty uh leo what's up i saw you last night 24 hours ago we were right here this is your third time on the channel thanks for coming back how you doing brother good good thanks for having me yeah two days in a row uh good to good to see you again good to you know, talk some more idp here Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, y'all, make sure you go check out our podcast. Um, subscribe to the channel. We would love to see you on the podcast feed as well as here on the YouTube channel. We are, you know, putting content out on Twitter as well and on TikTok, a little less on TikTok because um, I think TikTok's a sham, but we'll save that conversation for later. Uh, but yeah, I was talking to Leo before we came on. I guess we'll just go ahead and dive in. What was it like to rank this last year you know as the number one ranker obviously you came in and you know came in like a wrecking ball as my as my gal miley would say um what was that like for you to come in you know have the success you set up your website which we're going to show people here in a little bit but what is your kind of process and what was your thought process coming in and now that you have that first year under your belt talk to me just what was it like i mean i mean it was a lot of fun i mean it was kind of a I wanted that extra challenge of, you know, I was being successful at fantasy leagues and I wanted to see if I could do a different kind of competition, which was doing rankings and then see if I could help people in the process. Um, so it was you know, a challenge on a couple different levels. And, um, you know, I just, I started out kind of just digging into all the numbers. I mean, I'm a, I'm a tax accountant by day and I just love numbers. So just, you know, getting into the data and then, you know, obviously watching the game film to see if the numbers are, you know, lining up with what what i'm seeing here so um nice. no it's been it's been it's been fun getting into it you know just kind of figuring out how to help people start set their lineups and you know, help people win some trophies amen to that that's what it's about too and i say that on this channel all the time but i reiterate it all the time because it's real like we're not overly concerned with how we appear i mean me i'm speaking for me our organization for how we appear on the twitter timeline and maybe how the greater fantasy community views us because we know we put together winning teams dynasty league winning teams constantly um we we really dig into this you know i say we're in the trenches we're in the gutters you know we're we're, we're playing fantasy football we're not talking about playing fantasy football and how do you know that i'm sitting here with a guy talking about idp fantasy football in march okay show me where else they're doing that where it's not pandering doesn't exist not a thing so all right let's go ahead and before we go into it, I'm going to kind of give you an idea. This is I have a a system or a guideline tier that I've used for myself what I kind of refer back to and it's not, you know, it's not rigorous like these aren't hard cutoffs, but it's kind of an an, an aura type of thing. So I have these tiers. So I kind of have a defensive lineman. If I think he's an elite guy, I'm looking for three or more of these things personally. I'm looking for a guy who I think is going to project for 13 or more sacks, 25 or more quarterback hits, 60 or more tackles, or 19 or more impact plays. If a guy can hit three of those things, you know, it's hard to project anyone to hit all four of them. But if a guy can hit three of those things, 
generally speaking, he ends up being one of the top in defensive linemen. Um, and again, I say generally speaking, my next kind of tier is what I call tier two and tier three. I have that area where like I'm projecting around 10 or more sacks, 21 or more quarterback hits, 50 or more tackles, and I have like 16 or more impact plays. That's kind of my defensive linemen. And then my linebackers, and linebackers are really strange position because it's 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 an interesting position. But I kind of have it set up to where 130 or more tackles <clears throat> and then 20 or more impact plays. If you hit one of those thresholds, or both of those thresholds, ideally, but if you hit one of those thresholds, you're probably going to be, at the worst, a borderline mid a mid linebacker two. So I kind of have that kind of that range there for what I call ones. Um, do you have any sort of numbers when you look at like a season when you were doing dynasty that you were kind of like these are kind of my targets and then i'll kind of tweak it or how was that for you because again i'm interested i just again i'm self-taught in all this like my process is i mean nobody showed me what to do unfortunately there wasn't really a scoring system around when we started playing idp uh, so i kind of had to build all these parameters and then kind of build sort of narratives around how i would see them um you know but what, what are your thoughts on looking at this from a sort of a big picture point of view yeah i mean so i guess just to take a step back i mean this is kind of my this was my first year kind of really you know building out some projections so like i mean historically i would kind of look at what other people are are saying to kind of give me a guide mm -hmm. um and you know try, kind of getting a consensus of what what's going out there and then seeing if uh you know the data is kind of really there but this year i you know i tried to take some historical data i tried to take um you know who's who's kind of coming up and who's going to be getting a major role in the coming year and who you know certain matchups for different defenses are going to do better mm -hmm. um but i mean really i've kind of focused mostly on you know a lot of these leagues are set up for tackle heavy so you know tackles heavy for the linebackers and the safeties and then sacks um you know on the on the defensive line mm -hmm. but you know defensive tackles actually did really well this year um, with getting, you know, not only pressure, but, you know, also getting a bunch of tackles too. So, um, it was a little, you know, kind of surprising this year to see the D tackles kind of up there near the top. Um, but I think that's good for the, good for the league and good for IDP to, to see defense tackles getting some attention. Yeah. Well, well, we got some good, we got some good DTs right now too. I mean, we forget last uh -huh. few years, like four, four or five years ago, we had a big crop of guys come in. We, you know, Quinn and Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, you know, all those guys and they all hit you know they actually came in and performed pretty well so now you know and that's a valuable position you know it's tough to be a truly athletic sort of game wrecking you know defensive tackle and we have quite a few in the league right now so like you said it was cool to see that i don't want to call it like a shift but see that sort of the ebb and flow because i remember five or six years ago we had another year like that but they've been down a little bit um, quick question here about TJ Edwards, but I'll do, bringing that up. I'll just I'll go ahead and get into it. I'll pull up our rankings now. We're gonna jump back and forth between my rankings that are in the index and then what uh, what my man Leo here has up on RPOFootball.com. Make sure you guys go check out his website. Show some love to my man Leo. Um, oh, I said I was going to stop doing that. All right, here we go. We'll pull these in. We'll pull up Leo's first, um, just so we can kind of take a peek here. So we can run him through the ringer and, you know, figure out what we did wrong. Yeah, How did you get here? What it's the hell is work, this? Still a work in process, that's for sure. 
All right, work in progress. He says number one uh, IDP ranker is a work in progress, ladies and gentlemen. I should tell you the state of affairs over here. So send back up. <laughs> it's All right, March. So. It's March. So yeah, long time to go here before football season kicks off. So we're going to start talking about these linebackers. Looks like you have Roquan one, Nick Bolton at two for a dynasty, Boyd Olakun, Jordan Brooks, Logan Wilson at five, Micah Parsons six, Fred Warner seven. Devin White, eight, and then Dre Greenlaw, nine. A little excited, interested to see him there. And then we'll just stop at 10 for the purpose of this conversation. Quay Walker, you have here at 10. Um, walk, talk me through like what you thought about and who you, you – know, just talk me through this top 10. Sure, sure. I mean, I love number two, Nick Bolton. I mean, he, he's somebody I've been eyeing all, all season. Uh, you know, it's tough for me. I almost, almost wanted to put him number one, uh, but – you know, Roquan, he's, he's, he's tough to top. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nick Bolton at 22 years old, he really came on strong. They finally committed to an every-down linebacker. Um, that was pretty pretty key. Um, I, I was wondering how Roquan and uh, Patrick Queen were going to kind of work together, but they seem to do, be doing okay. I mean, Roquan took a little bit of a hit there. Um, but uh, And then, I mean, you got, then you got Aloukan, number three. I mean... Two years in a row, the top linebacker. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that would ask me why I'm not putting him at number one, but um, I really do like Nick Bolton quite a bit. Um, He's Nick a really beast. It's the, the behind the line of scrimmage stuff is just so valuable, you know, and, and, and just also just being there to make the right play, which he seems to always do. Um, he's a really a good combination of kind of like a Tremaine Edmonds and a Roquan Smith because he's a playmaker and he makes the right play. So. Love, love that for my Chiefs. Uh, but Jordan Brooks, you have four. Logan Wilson, five. This is skewing pretty young, too. You know, we're not seeing a lot of these old head linebackers yeah. anymore holding out the top end here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, part of this 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 chart is kind of also a factoring a little bit, you know, what what value people are getting out there. Right? You know, I think, you know, in a startup, people are, are not looking at these, you know, the Bobby Wagners anymore. They're getting pushed down. So I've kind of factored that in a little bit to the ranking. I mean, we talked about how, you know, to some extent, Dynasty should kind of be like a three-year window, maybe that like, you know, what can you expect out of somebody for three years? But um, I did yeah. skew this a little bit young, um, kind of factoring in a startup. Yeah, so we're pretty we're pretty close here. I'm going to flip over to mine now. I do, in, in the index, the DL linebackers are somewhat sorted together, unfortunately. I'm not going to try to undo that, but... Um, Roquan Smith is my top off-ball linebacker here. I have Devin White at two, Jordan Brooks coming in at my three, and then you can see there's a couple of more edge guys. Nick Bolden at four. Um, he's not in my tier one. He's going to – I need to move him up to my tier one. Just looking at this, I, I thought that I had him as my linebacker too. Um, I guess I don't. I'm honestly kind of like, what the heck? Uh, that's probably what I, what I was probably doing was probably – pretending to fight my bias because i'm a chiefs fan so it's like well I'll put him at four but now i'm like okay well if the number one fantasy ranker in idp puts him at two it's not bias anymore now it's just stupidity to put him down there so i gotta fix that <laughs> um voice at Olakun right behind him and then logan wilson looks like right there coming in so we're pretty dang close on our top guys and actually i'm gonna scroll down a little more quay walker there too so that brings joy to my heart to see that we have a lot of these same guys um I'm gonna pull into I'm gonna pull into Nick Bolton here real quick, just so we can look at his production profile 
Um, you know, if y'all want to check out the index, you can become a channel member. Uh, you know, anybody who joins the channel, you get all of our rankings, but this is one of the things in there. Um, yeah, 180 tackles you can see right there. Two interceptions, three pass deflections, two sacks. I mean, a busy guy, but he did make a lot of his points in those those, those tackles. Um, points per snap, bring us up a little point zero three. That's a really good number. Now that isn't IDP one two three scoring, which you know is the default dynasty scoring that sleeper uses, which is what I just default to in all of our information. I, I try to bring it down to snaps. I don't like the points per game sort of argument. I feel like again we talked earlier. We try some people try to bring offensive um, ideas to defense, and they don't really work as well. So to be like, oh, this guy plays, you know. Um, or he, this many points per game. I feel like that's a little tougher because certain guys have different roles. What does that mean? That means maybe a certain guy is a lot more efficient in his role. So I like to bring it down to a per snap kind of thing. So it's a little bit, um, a little bit easier to understand who's actually producing at a high level and who's just making like big plays. If that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I love Nick Bolton here. Only his second year in the league, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, Man, yeah, coming out, I loved him too. Go Mizzou. Yeah, good, good tackle rate to it from what I what I remember too. I mean, he was making a lot of tackles per per play or per snap. So yeah, let's see here. Seventeen as a rookie had seventeen point nine percent. You can see right here tackle rate, and then sixteen percent. So those are you know sixteen percent is a little bit above average. I think what is average like fifteen. It's like right around fifteen sixteen percent from what I remember. I have a. I have some data point bookmark somewhere. I'll, okay. I'll post it on Twitter. Um, who else do you want to look at from that top group? Well, uh, yeah, I was going to I kind of going against you a little on Devin White. I'm kind of interested. Do it. Let's your, do it. You get your take because I'm a little bit down on, on him just based off of how he played. So I'd like to kind of get your thoughts of what you uh, saw. Why am I still bullish on Devin White? Oh, Let's yeah. take a peek here. <clears throat> well, he did get back to getting the sacks. You know, he had five and a half sacks this year. So screw that. Screw you haters. <laughs> um, so that's good. I mean, this points per snap, again, that's what I look at. So right here, you can see bottom right corner, 0.27 this last year. That's a good number. 0.25 is pretty much where we reach that range for me, where it's like, I want that guy in my lineup pretty much across all positions. I call like 0.3 kind of that threshold for elite. So this last year, 0.27, kind of above average. Let's go back a year, 0.26. Let's go back another year, 0.36. So for me, it's not necessarily that he's going to be incredible every single year. It's that he just he's never let you down yet. You know what I mean? 0 0.27, 0 0.36, 0 0.26, and then 0.27. Yeah, it was a down year overall for him across the board. I think it was a down year for everybody in Tampa. But he has, you know, he's buoyed his production enough uh, for several years now to where I've kept him pretty high. Only 25 years old, too, you know, so... That for me is why he's this high. I like I said, I'm going to put Nick Bolton ahead of him, but he's probably I don't have I don't really have a reason or I can't find any way to move him out of my top five personally. And he's just, you know, a couple of more plays at the end of the year away from having another great season. So um but I probably do have him a little too high here. But I mean it's a good buy moment for him. You definitely don't have to pay what you used to have to to get him in Dynasty. Yeah, he's a lot cheaper. I mean, I guess I was kind of looking at, you know, he kind of had a you know, first half and the second half of the season. I think those sacks that you were talking about, I think a lot of them came in the first half. And uh, mm -hmm. and I think he stopped getting passes defended too in the second half. So it was a lot of a lot of tackle heavy. And 
I know you talked kind of about, you know, points per game or points mm-hmm. per snap. And I think that dropped in the second half. Um, I, I know uh, some of his teammates were getting on him and, you know, not playing very well. I don't think he had a as good of a season as he had last year. Um, no, yeah, he was. And again, the whole Tampa Bay, I mean, the whole the, the vibe, the juju there was just not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's kind of like a Mike Evans thing where it's like he didn't have a great year, but he was still Mike Evans at the end of the uh-huh. day. He still finished the top 15 wide receiver. He had, you know, he was dominant in a couple of games. And it's just like you can move. Maybe he won't ever hit that absolute ceiling. But again, at 25 years old, I, you know, it's hard for me to imagine Devin White isn't very fantasy relevant in Dynasty for, you know, three, four years going forward. And with that, you know, with, again, with the kind of the track record of just being above average every year, he stayed pretty high for me. I remember well, two years ago or three years ago, it was him, Roquan, and Shaq Leonard were all three like those top guys. And it's funny because of those three, Roquan was the number three for most people. But here we are a couple of years later, and he has firmly cemented himself as that guy. Um, any of these other guys in this top cup 10 before we maybe uh, poke around some of these defensive line rankings? And if you all want to yeah. see our full rankings, like I said, check out rpofootball.com. Leo's got all of his rankings up there. We're just going to, again, kind of talk top of mind, top in, kind of build your dynasty team around some of these players. So, um, and, you know, we're going to skew young, but we're going to, you know, try to find you some studs on some cool teams. So you have some cool guys to root for for you. Um, but anybody in yeah. particular you want to poke around at? Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about Dre Greenlaw. You mentioned him earlier. But first, yeah. for De- Devin White, I remember when he came out, it was, it was you take Devin White or Devin Bush? And now we Ooh. see what happened with Devin Bush. Uh, you know, the Steelers have kind of remade that whole linebacker room this uh, this offseason. So, um, you know, Devin, Devin White definitely is, you know, outperforming Devin Bush at this point. But let's, Devin let's Bush, take- I'm surprised he's still in the league. Now let's take a look at Drake Rainlaw. Um, let me see if I could pull him up here real quick. All right, so let's just look for him. I'm not as bullish as you on him, but I haven't made any big adjustments in a while. So he's still tier three, so that's good. 25.8 years old. We are okay with that. Change the orientation of this page real quick. All right, let's scroll down and take a look at old Greenlaw here. So 2022 Drake Greenlaw. Ooh, that points per snap number. I got to change this overlay real quick. Give me a sec. Point three, that's an elite number. I was just just touting it. <laughs> just touting it. Let me change this overlay real quick. There we go. All right. So green law, what we get here? Tackle percent rate, 15%, point three points per snap. 850 snaps though. What was that all about? Was he not uh, he, he did miss he did miss two games. Okay. Um I, I don't I, I don't remember his snaps being low, you know, low, but I think San Francisco did one of their issues was their their snap counts in general were a bit lower than some of the other teams and sometimes they get ahead a little bit and and rest their starters in the fourth quarter but um, fifteen impact plays in twenty twenty two not a massive number three last year we didn't really play much year before that point two five he's been in the league for a while geez I kind of had forgot he'd been around that long. I mean, I, I like the the fact that you know he doesn't have the big names, so you can get him at at a discount. I think you know I think he he came on strong. You know he outscored Fred Warner, which you know people are always going to have up there at the top. I know I know you love I know you love Fred Warner. Jordan, I'm one of the only people that saved people from Fred Warner, and I'm well, proud he, of that. <laughs> he out he outscored Fred Warner. You know, and this is 
fantasy pro scoring, he outscored Fred Warner in two less games. So, like, I mean, you know, he not 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 somebody anybody's recognizing here, but um, <laughs> he's doing he was doing okay. So, um, you know, I, I started that's picking bullish, him up. right? I mean, that's good. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, like that makes I mean that's a great point. I mean, I'm I'm in on Greg Greenlaw based on that because I've had so many people try to suck me into Fred Warner. I'm like, no. So you just gave me a great metric there. This guy yeah. outperformed Fred playing less games. Perfect. I mean, he I don't think yeah. it has I, to be complicated. That I knew great. you'd appreciate that one. But I was getting bullish on Greenlaw at the start of the year. He, you know, I think before the start of the year, they, they gave him an extension. You know, then I thought he would take the job over Aziz Al Shair, who just, you know, just left. So, you know, there's no, there's no mm -hmm. threat to his job here. Which I think Aziz Al Share will have a good chance in Tennessee there. Um, oh yeah, that's a good spot. And, you know, it's been a good linebacker a, spot. He'll have a good at least one or two year window there. So, all um, right, we're gonna go ahead and give him the old ascending talent tag. Leo stamp of approval. He's on the up and up, y'all. Uh, I got him in the index right now as a sell. So maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe. But I'm only asking for a fourth. So whatever I say, sell. Obviously, ask for a little more than that. Um, yeah, very bullish on him. But again, you, you'd say you, you, you're skewing, uh, your rankings are set up a little bit more scored towards the fantasy pros, which does, doesn't account for quarterback hits or tackles for loss, right? Correct. That's correct. So that is going to definitely impact the overall, you know, way that you're going to address this, which does make a lot of sense. And even their pass deflections, they're the same as an assisted tackle, right? Or are they the same as a, a regular tackle? I, yeah, I can't remember. I, I can't remember exactly. Scores. I know it's not more than a tackle, which is really frustrating because mm -hmm. it obviously stops the ball from coming past the line of scrimmage, but we won't get into that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and switch gears here. Let's jump over to the defensive line players. And again, y'all, if you want to do your own research, which you should, you should never take the word of anyone you see or hear on the internet as the truth, no matter how many followers they have, no matter how many people tell you that they know what they're doing, do your own research. Uh, but here we, you can go check out all of Leo's rankings, RPO. But we're going to check out the defensive line players. Why didn't I click that? There they are. Now, this is very interesting because this is a contentious position in IDP um, just because of the nature of the volatility and the variance. Yeah. You know, one or two or three single individual sort of plays in the season can be the difference between a guy being literally like a top five guy and just being like 18 or 20. You know what I'm saying? So it is tough and it's a little hard. That's why some of the auxiliary metrics people like to look at, though, are very relevant because they can project future success. I think Nick Bose is a great example of that because even though he's been a little banged up through his career, when he's played, he's always played at a high level, and he's young. We knew he had kind of just come into the league, so it's like, okay, if we can get this guy to hit on all cylinders, fully healthy, good people around him, and like feeling himself, what could happen? Well, we just saw what happened. He had Defensive Player of the Year written all over him, uh, and now he's even with his team struggling, which if anybody knows anything about football, like if your team struggles, it's extremely hard for the media to say anything nice about any individual on that team. And it's really hard for the media to give them any sort of equity in the conversation that's positive. So for the fact that he was able to go through all the quarterback stuff and the Christian McCaffrey and still produce and show his ability to be that difference maker and hold his autonomy, get that award, um, he is who we thought he was. The guy right below him, Miles, Miles Garrett, don't know defensive player of the year for that guy. So... 
<laughs> well, you know, you know. All right, what do you, what do you got here for us? You got Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Mass Crosby, TJ Watt at four. Come on, we 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 gonna start fighting right now. We got Brian Burns. <laughs> We got Rashawn Gary, Jalen Phillips. A lot of people are very bullish on Jalen Phillips. I was doing some research on him today. Um, I'm definitely coming around, coming in hot. You even got him again ahead of Aiden Hutchinson here. Kayvon Thibodeau at nine, and then Big Q, DT, your first DT on the list at 10. Um, talk to me. Who, who do you love? Who do you love? Who are you worried about on this list? I mean, it's hard not to not to love Nick Bosa at the top here, and, and Max Crosby's coming off that, that huge – huge season i mean i mean we we all kind of thought he was he was due for that after all you know all those all those pressures the the prior season he was due for that breakout and he actually delivered i know some fantasy managers were a little disappointed how he, he finished i don't think he had the last couple of games of the playoffs yeah the um, last three or four games he he was streaking hot he was very consistent and then the last he was at a point where if he would have kind of kept it up, he could have had like a crazy, crazy season. But he kind of sputtered out a little bit there at the end. Again, where it's just he just, again, it was two or three more of those plays. And I mean, he might have been at the top of your list here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so, um, yeah. anyway, hard, didn't mean to interject, but. Oh, yeah, no problem. But yeah, I mean, it's such a volatile position. I mean, yeah, one or two games of a guy getting a sack or not, you know, can make a big difference. It's, you know, in some of these league scorings. You know, where you get you know, get bonus points for tackles for loss and and a sack and and then a QB hit. I mean, those those can all add up real fast. So mm -hmm. it just takes one one sack for these guys to do it. You know, to get you up there. So um, that's why a lot of people will target one of these these top four or five guys. You know, you really they even have get to, to linebackers. You really have to get one. I mean. And some of these guys you could get late, which is what's nice about the defensive line position. You didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for Jalen Phillips, Aiden Hutchinson, if you played him last year. Even Quentin Williams was a very late kind of guy, but we know that he's going to be on the field and be productive. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of nice for these DL positions that if you know what you're looking at, you don't have to pay Nick Bosa price to get like 85% of Nick Bosa. I mean, mm -hmm. you can get 85% of Nick Bosa down there at 12 with Hassan Reddick. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, you know, maybe he ends up getting those extra couple of sacks. So the defensive line position is is a tough to navigate. Um, I saw you have Brian Burns up here pretty high, and then Rashawn Gary. I actually just want to point out Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Brian Burns, Rashawn Gary, and Quinnen Williams were all in the same class, right? Or was Quinnen Williams a class? Yeah, they were all in that exact same class. I think so that's kind of crazy that we got half. Half of the top 12, 10 dynasty guys came out in that, was that 2019, I think, or 2018? A 2018 class. Um, wild stuff. Wild, wild stuff. But we knew that class was good. That was yeah. one of the people talked about how good that class is. It's good to see that's kind of come through here. But uh, Brian Burns, Rashawn Gary, talk to me about these guys because I'm a little bit eh on them. Like, I know yeah. they can do it, but I've never really seen them. I've never really seen Gary like stuff the stat sheet for a full game. I've never I've seen Burns get close, but it, he not like crazy stuff. It. He, he's had some big games, but I'm always a little tentative about guys like this. But what are your thoughts on those two in particular? Do you think this is kind of where they're going to max out in the dynasty conversation in this? Yeah, yeah I mean, I yeah, I mean, this this is kind of a jumbled mix here. And you know, once you get once you get past the top four, I mean. Yeah, you it's like that next in. tier, you know. You're going to count on them, and it's hopefully going to work out. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be taking five. I mean, if once I miss out on four, I'm going to kind of just wait and see what, what's out there. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to 
reach to get Burns or Gary. I mean, Gary's coming off an injury. I mean, he's young and he actually did really well. You know, the, before he got injured, he was he was looking pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I would be happy getting Hutchinson later, but I, I assume other people have him a little bit higher. Um, I mean, you're really targeting those top four, and then um, I mean, you're kind of just kind of looking after that. You got Brian Burns pulled up. Yeah, I got Burns pulled up here because I've actually been considering moving him in some leagues, just mm -hmm. because again, like let's uh, let's look at the tackles in that upper right hand corner right here, this blue bar. So 63 this last year, and I remember that reference I said earlier, like that 60 number is good, and I think it was 25 quarterback hits. So he does hit several of these thresholds that I kind of had established, or he at least hit the uh, the tackle one. Let's go down yeah. a little bit. 0.25 points per snap. 50 tackles last year. That's the thing of what I remember, I think from what I remember about Burns is his tackle numbers float just a little bit lower than what I love personally, just because, just because, um, you know, but I, he's one of these guys where the upside is undeniable because when he's on, he's basically unstoppable. I mean, even going back to 2020, he had 21 quarterback hits, you know, that's a, a huge number. I think there's only a second year. Yeah. So he's consistently been getting behind the line of scrimmage and disruptive. Um, I just, I, I'm kind of with you though, where I don't know if he's ever going to get into that top four kind of tier. If, but I really love him in this next group of guys, which I believe is where I have him. Or maybe he is in my very that top tier. He's right on the edge, I know for sure. But that kind of that next tier guys who might not hit those elite numbers, but you can win a championship with him. Yeah, he's that he's that last guy in that bottom tier, and I just moved him up there. Mike, anybody yeah, I mean, uh, else you want me to pull up here uh, from your list that we were kind of looking at, just to kind of poke around their production? Um, I'm trying to trying to look here. I mean, let's take a look at Max Crosby. He's always sure. fascinating, and people. Yeah, he's always a good guy to look at here. Old Maxie, I think is he. He's not a tier one guy for me, so people are probably gonna come for me. Where is he? Quay, da, da, da. you know what? Yeah, I mean, while we're talking, while we're talking D line here, I mean, one of the things I wanted to at least you know mention is you know we got a percentage of our population playing sleeper, and we got a percentage playing MFL, and um, you know MFL, my fantasy league switched over. It's, you know, a lot of these guys that um, were sitting at linebacker are now D line, and that's a pretty mm -hmm. big pretty big difference so like there may be some guys now playing d-line that you know it just changes the whole curve um, yeah it does and i'm such a big proponent again you i've said this a hundred times yeah. we need to make the it frictionless if we want people uh -huh. to play idp we have to eliminate all friction and nobody really agrees with me and that's fine and they want to protect the integrity of the game and i respect the fuck out of that and I also am so happy that I don't have to be the one that fights that battle. I'm fighting the other battle. But um, Max Crosby, still defensive line player right now in sleeper. He might get dual tagged, but 0.3 points per snap. Look at these defensive edge snaps. 1,085. He was out there a lot. 88 tackles. 88 tackles. That's some crazy big tackle numbers from an edge player. Crazy high snap number too, over a thousand. Yeah, he was he was uh, on the field all the time. I mean that, and that's really what you want in a defensive line. I mean, I think you you look you know in the second tier, you start running into guys that are only on the field fifty percent. I mean, they may be making plays and getting pressures or getting sacks, but if they're not on the field fifty percent. You know, just fifty percent. Then like you're you're limited to how, what they can do. Yeah. Yep. 
I actually, that was one of the other, I've toyed with adding to my criteria is averages on a season over, and I've had thresholds of like 55% because that's kind of where guys like Justin Houston, Yannick Ngakwe, these third down guys kind of hang around. And then you get some of these guys that are a little less, but are still very, very good on like a 70% snap roll, 75. But then you get a handful of guys and there's a very small handful of them, but they exist. Whereas like Max Crosby, um, TJ Watts, kind of like that. Every now and then, Miles Garrett will play almost every snap. He's not consistent, but he does have games where he almost never comes off the field, I've noticed. Um, those guys are the ones you really, really want. And you'll have, you know, but ideally, if you can get between 85 and like 95, that's really good. Well, I'm with you there. I, I agree. When you just the guy that's on the field with that many opportunities, it's just it's hard to uh, it's hard to have any good reason to fade him, even if he's the worst, most least efficient player ever. You know what I mean? Even if he misses half his tackles, if he's out there for a thousand snaps, you know, he's getting all these opportunities. It's going to add up. Um, we have a couple of questions here in the chat, which I'll defer to just because, you know, we like to talk to the people. Uh, appreciate you, Rougarou. Um, We didn't talk. PJ Edwards was not in our top 10, 12 for either of us, but somebody here is asking, he says, Spikes Monkey Mafia says, speaking of TJ Edwards, with him gone, is it now Nakobe Dean season? I was actually having a talk today in the DMs with old DJ Keltown out here in the Twitter streets um, about some PFF and Nakobe Dean and, you know, just chopping it up. But uh, what are your thoughts on Dean, PJ Edwards? Do you have any strong thoughts, opinions, feelings on either of these guys? Well, you know, you know, TJ Edwards is going to have to fight with Tremaine Edmonds, you know, to get to get plays. I mean, I, you know, I think that's going to be a pretty even battle. They might cut into each other a little bit there. Um, but then you know, Kobe Dean, I mean, you know, he's he only had a few snaps that you know he was out there, and he he looked pretty good when he was out there. But it's different when you got a full season, see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, I think he's a little bit undersized, uh, but. Um, that worries God. me. It used to be yeah. something I liked about like Devin Bush, and then that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So now when people are like, oh, he's like an uh, undersized hybrid fast linebacker, I'm like, so he's not going to work out? Is that what you're saying? Or what are you saying? <laughs> well, no, yeah. I mean, some of those guys, you know, they, they sometimes have a tough time getting through, getting through the blocks and everything. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, David Long actually, you know, I. I, I was a big fan of his coming into the year, and he actually has been fighting through those blocks. But you know, some of those guys at that same size can't can't do it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if he can do it with a full full season. And there's a reason that they didn't put him out there. You know, they could have put him put him out there more with you know Kaiser White. And, you know, take exactly his- like there's a reason he didn't play. I don't know what it is, but I don't like that it was there was a reason at all. Don't love mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? If you're going to be drafted that high, that kind of tout tout around you, and then you're going to come out and play special teams, that's fine if you played like 600 defensive snaps too. I'm okay with that. But I don't think he played, like you said, like a dozen, two dozen, you know what I'm saying? Defensive snaps, and then he played some special teams. That's scary. That's very, 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 very scary. Not what you want. Not yeah, so I'm not I'm not overpaying for him. I mean, I, you know, I, if he's there in the dra- you know, draft, I'll take him, but Probably yeah. somebody We're talking about Nicobe Dean again. Anybody who was just tuning in or, or has kind of missed, I had Thibodeau question on the on the screen there, yeah. but we're talking to Kobe Dean because he was a big name last year. All these rookies, and I would always just say, you know, be a little careful with your rookies, offense and defense, because until they hit the field, you have no idea what they're going to do. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he was the best running back since Jamal Williams, since Ladamian Tomlinson, until he wasn't. 
until he wasn't until he stepped foot on nfl field then he wasn't you know what i'm saying so yeah jamin davis jamin davis big another big linebacker got a lot of run towards the end of the draft process two three years ago Uh, ended up going in the first round right and then it just what you know so be mindful any of those work i mean especially people in redraft i mean people take those rookies and it's just like why like you got somebody with an established role that has done it already like just just skip over it again it's 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 taking the the short-term win look i found the next big thing over the i won a championship which Uh i mean if you all want to win little wins that's your prerogative um i want big wins all right so we had another question uh before we jump into uh also a little couple of defensive line guys that i kind of like or maybe don't like then we'll talk a handful of defensive backs field any more questions you'll have in the comments out here we love interacting with the fam uh, but Space Monkey Mafia says Thibodeau should really be linebacker, not a DL. Um, again, I try to, you know, I try to not get involved in the these sort of petty semantic conversations around IDP players personally, because I think they take away from the real issue, which is like just getting it in front of more people. Um, but do you have a comment or smart ass remark back to my guy Space Monkey for this uh, no, one? I mean- no, I mean, just, you know, when we set these rankings, it's for whatever the platforms put them at. I mean, I don't, I really don't care what, I don't care. I'll rank the guy wherever they put him at. And so, yeah, I don't care what position he plays. And, you know, MFL switched him, you know, switched him over D, to D end right here. They switched a whole bunch of guys. They moved, they moved, uh, you know, to the edge, you know, true position, what some people were calling it, you know, moved him over to the edge and put him as a D end. And, you know, they, they made all the switch. They switched all these guys over. So, um, I'm just going by what the platforms call them. I mean, with f- fantasy pros, I have to rank these guys to kind of fit all these different systems. So I got to rank Thibodeau Don't waste last your time year. With fantasy pros. Yeah. So Hard. last year I had to rank Thibodeau as a linebacker and a DN. So like, you know, D line. So it's like I had to put them in twice, which is more work. Bro, and like you say, it's so much work. Like people that don't do IDP don't even get it. It's like these are like small problems, but they're actually huge fucking like huge fundamental flaws with everything about IDP. Like, even when we go to rank, we got to rank Thibodeau as linebacker and defensive line. Why? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we sort this out in a way, again, where it's friction? This conversation is friction to what people are actually here for, even. They want to hear about our, our rankings. And, and, I've, and I've taken this off the path. I've led us off the straight and narrow. Ugh, it got to me. All right, we'll get back to the, we'll get back to what we came here for, the Lord's work. All right, spreading the love, spreading the joy of IDP. I'm going to pull up my defensive line guys here. Um, and I have a pretty similar-ish setup of guys. I have Micah Parsons as my top D-line guy. I use, I default to sleeper because that's where I play on all my leagues. I think I have one MFL league anymore. I just, again, it's friction. It's a lot easier for me to get on sleeper on the phone than it is to, you know, boot up, you know, get the satellite out and get on MFL. And try and figure out what's going on over there. Um, but Micah Parsons, my top guy, defensive line, TJ Watt. I love these hybrid linebacker DL guys because I've kind of noticed, I don't know if, you know, and I'm not, we'll go into it in detail maybe another day or in some other format, but I've kind of noticed that some, some of these guys that play these off ball, these outside linebackers versus just true defensive ends, they kind of do a little bit more. Now, I don't know if that's just because of the crop of guys we have in the league right now. 
but I'm but the feel like they're doing more as far as the batted passes. They're doing a little bit more as far as the forced fumbles, even their tackle numbers, generally speaking, Max Crosby, you know, kind of being the caveat here are generally just a little bit higher. I feel like I've noticed than defensive end players. So I like them just because of the kind of versatility they offer. And, you know, Micah Parsons at any given moment could play a full game as an off ball linebacker, which is free money, you know, free tackles. It's nice to just have that kind of versatility in a player. Um, but our top end guys are very similar, a little bit different in their order. Uh, but I, you know, tiers and you don't have yours broken into tiers, but, you know, based on our conversation, it sounds like in your head, you have mental markers where you tear your guys off, which we all kind of do. And that's how you should be looking at these players, you know, um, within groupings of values. Um, I have Landry pretty high still. A lot of people don't like him just because he doesn't get home as often, but he does get quite a few tackles, uh, fell off this last year just because he had the ACL tear, but I still have him very high because he's been consistently pretty good wanted to give him a shout Hassan Reddick pretty high Trey Hendrickson I'm always a little higher on him than some other people just he's he just better than I think people wanted to admit and it's just been nice to be bullish on him the last two seasons you know maybe this year it comes back to bite me in the butt but it's worked out pretty well the last couple of years so I'm liking that DeForest Buckner Alex Highsmith um a couple other guys I really like I have Kayvon Thibodeau there as well so Pretty similar grouping there. My defense, my my tier two defensive end, you can see is pretty big, because I mean there's quite a few guys who I think have that kind of range of outcomes. I mean Shaquille Barrett was the number one defensive line player a couple of years ago, so the range of outcomes for several of these guys could definitely rocket them up. But as we get down here lower, you know, 27 years old, 27 years old, 30 years old, so it's just kind of a natural progression that they would kind of move down as time goes on. So. Uh, any anybody that you see kind of in my top uh, the second tier here that you want to push back on have any questions about want to look at their yeah, profile I mean, I mean you know you have harold landry here you know just injury i mean you could say the same thing about rashawn gary on my list i mean you know how high do you guys you know want to put guys up on it on injuries do you want to take that risk um you know definitely something you have to consider when you're you're drafting somebody especially in a startup um yeah, there, yeah, there's a couple guys. Um, I forget who else I was looking at here. Um, but yeah, injuries definitely have to be considering when you're you're investing in somebody if, if they're gonna Woo! stay healthy. Those points per snap, 0. 0.33 for Rashawn Gary last year. Woo, that's a big number. Yeah, he, he yeah he played well when he was healthy. I mean, yeah. it's just staying <clears throat> staying healthy and. And that was the yeah. first year he's been injured because it's been they've been slowly working him into a more prominent role since he got there. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that this year, last year, probably the main, his first year to really be the guy, he does end up getting hit with that injury bug. But I do love that. I love that you have him high. Uh, he's in my tier two, but seeing that point three three, you know, again, I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for an outlier. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. <laughs> Yeah, those are the kind of players I want on my fantasy team. I was going to also talk about Hendrickson. I was kind of, he kind of disappointed as far as tackle numbers, I think. Can you? Oh, he's always, yeah, up? that's not. But the thing is with Hendrickson is he always makes up for it, in my opinion, with his quarterback hits because he always gets a ton of those. Um, and those oh, yeah. are worth one point in IDP one, two, three. So 24 quarterback hits. I mean, that compensates yeah. a lot for only 10 assisted tackle. Granted, that is not great. His tackle number is pathetic. You know what I mean? 32. That's pathetic. I'll call it what it is. But 24 quarterback hits for a guy playing 629 snaps. 
that's not pathetic. That's very yeah. meaningful. Um, and then to, on top of that, actually get home for eight of those, that's pretty meaningful. Points per snap, 0.25, that's, you know, a guy I can count on to start at the defensive line position. Take a look here, the year before, 27 quarterback hits, 14 and a half sacks. So he, he converts a lot of his, his hits too. And those points per snap, you know, there's nothing unsustainable about a 0.28, 0.27 type of number. Um, 0.33, here he is, Rashawn Gary year. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, that's where, you know, the scoring system matters so much. I mean, fantasy pros in my home leagues don't use the QB hits. So yep. like, that makes makes a big difference. And that's um, why I, that's why I, that's a, he's a perfect example of an argument of a player why it's so necessary. Same with Carl Lawson. And actually, Carl Lawson used to be the poster boy for this because people actually liked Carl Lawson. People don't uh -huh. like Trey Hendrickson in the, in the football world because PFF didn't like him. So it doesn't work as well when uh -huh. I say, well, he gets a ton of quarterback hits. But Carl Lawson was the same way. He'd play like 600 snaps. He'd get like a dozen tackles. He'd get like five sacks. But he'd get like 30 quarterback hits. But that would mean nothing for most people in fantasy. And I was like, he's affecting the play in a big way. In such a big way that the Jets are going to give him a shit ton of money and everyone's going to say he's good. And you're not even going to account for that in fantasy. And so that was, he was a good, he's a, he's a, he was a kind of a poster child for the, we got to start putting quarterbacks in our scoring systems. If we're going to have a conversation and the conversation about pressures has just been done to death and it's so annoying because it's subjective. Like, great, let's, you know, if we got to give a guy points for pressures, if we got to bring it into the conversation, let's not talk about the thing that's abstract and subjective and not real. And let's talk about quarterback hits, which is pretty dang close, not a sack, but we know that's fucking pressure. I mean, if you're hitting him, that's pressure. I mean, we know that's pressure. So let's count that for something. Maybe we'll miss half the pressures. Maybe we'll miss two thirds of them, but at least we're going to account for some of them. So that was kind of my thought process. That's why I think it's so important. That's why, like you said, like a guy, Trey Hendrickson, for us, you know, is very fantasy relevant. And, but 25 points, I mean, that's big. I mean, suddenly you go from 183 points here to, you know, you take 25 away from that. And you're looking at a guy that's, you know, barely put up 150 points on the season-ish. That's not going to be great. You know, that's minus two points a game, basically, down the line, right? I mean, that's yeah. just rough math, but. It does matter. It does matter. I'm 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 kind of wondering if slash when Fantasy Pros is gonna pull IDP one, two, three into some of their back end stuff just because they have this working functional relationship now with Sleeper. Uh -huh. You know, where they're promoting Sleeper on their site and Sleeper kind of pushes back to their content. So I don't know why they haven't integrated or at least brought some sort of um I don't know, some sort of legitimization in a way to like the scoring system that is IDP one, two, three on the back end of sleeper, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much they really look at it from year to year. I mean, that, that may be the question is like, if, is anybody asking them to, to look at it? No. And that's, you're hundred percent right. Cause again, that's where if I don't do, I mean, if I'm not the guy out here fucking kicking people in the head and saying, pay attention to IDP aggressively, you know, there's other people politicking the right way and that moves really slow. And <laughs> I need to just get on there and be like, fantasy pros, fix this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean I, it was I, my first year, so I was just kind of learning learning the system and you know how to how to do well at it and and uh, see what the scoring was, but not not really asking any questions about Well, you've definitely got the uh, the pull uh, to 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 make some 
to to push things in the right direction if you were to so choose to use your powers that way i think um because again i mean if someone like me was able to get idp one two three and sleeper i would hope that somebody of your communication abilities and stature could at least broach the subject as the number one idp guy <laughs> on their platform yeah i mean especially if i especially if i got a couple people that are in the group to yeah, they, to come together yeah. on it. I mean, I think they're more the receptive. Yeah. The togetherness, it's tough. I, I know I'm a little obtuse. I won't lie about it, but it is what it is. Let's see what this dark mode's all about. Oh. If, I, if I got somebody like Ryan Sitzman or some, you know, you know, a couple of you got, you know, top guys. That, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. If I, if I talked him into it and he said he agreed, like, he you won't. Know, the, the, they'd listen to us. I mean, I don't know that's what he the plays. Thing, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. This isn't like shade at Ryan or anything, but like there's certain guys that are just like they're not trying to be. They're not trying to be social movers. They're not trying to change things. They're not trying to be pioneers or leaders. I mean, they're definitely trying to like be here and be a part of what's going on, you know, and have a level of authority or whatever. But as far as like, okay, now we're going to do something different. Most people don't like to be in the front of that line. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And it's unfortunately a lot of the people that could make that sort of apply pressure um, just don't do it uh -huh. um, for for whatever reason. Which is you know again it's it's, it's a choice. I mean you don't have to do it just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Um, I can't get the DB rankings to load. Is that coming up? There we go. It's because it's in dark mode for some reason. I don't know why. Huh. Any hooski, we're gonna close y'all out here um, with our top defensive back rankings. Again, like I said, thank you so much for being here, Leo. We appreciate you. It's been a good conversation. Again, this isn't exhaustive. There's more than 25 IDP players in the world. These are just the kind of guys that are you're going to be going up against week in and week out that are going to be difference makers, and you want to get as many of them on your team as possible so that your opponent sees them and says, fuck, I'm about to get wrecked. And you're like, yep, that's right. So let's talk about these DBs. You got Derwin James as your DB1. Um, I had a long history of combating that and fighting that, but I have I have assimilated to I have I've joined the herd. I am now part of the Derwin James DB1 herd, and I'm happy to be here. Um, thanks for letting me join the group, guys. <laughs> Jalen Petrie at two, coming in hot as a rookie with 148 tackles from the defensive back position. Quite a few, yeah. thereabouts, wild stuff. Jaquan Brisker. 24 didn't have a massive massive season but we did see playmaking ability so i love him up here i kind of comped him to derwin james like the next derwin james sort of um and you know low-key with all the moves chicago's been making they've already got some stars you know some quiet stars developing like jaquan brisker so it'll be interesting to see what he can do this next year jeremy chin at four i'm sure you are getting hell for that um because he doesn't line up in the right spot burp, 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 burp. um bob buda baker at five pal duggar six kyle hamilton seven minka fitzpatrick eight ah! <laughs> uh, antoine winfield nine. Oh my gosh cameron curl at 10 talano hafanga at 11 and we'll just free off 12 chauncey gardner johnson i love i love this i love this because these are a lot of guys that i think a lot of people do kind of want to push back on for whatever reason but at the same time it's like these are the known names of guys we know have produced you know what i mean like you kind of have to give credit where credit's due um i love it i love that you have winfield at nine people have been trying to dunk on him for so long it makes no sense minka fitzpatrick another guy and it's it's 
it's just it's just it, i just love it just tell me tell me how you got here <laughs> well yeah i mean winfield i mean he's he's a guy i'll be targeting for sure i mean he's he's only 24 he's i mean he played a lot of slot snap slot snaps this past year he's playing close to the line of scrimmage um you know you might look at his scoring total as you know he finished you know in the 30s but it, you know his scoring average was closer to 10 so like he missed I think, a couple of games he missed yeah, a couple so, of games exactly so he'll be That's a little bit underpriced you know they're they're gonna defense is probably gonna be on the field quite a bit with you know i think they got baker mayfield right right now um <laughs> he, he got four sacks seven tackles for loss um you know, he had 80 tackles in 13 games so like um yeah he's you know, freaking good yes he's he's good um you know like i just like where where he's playing i like you know how they're utilizing him um yeah I, I, let's take I'm, a look here i'm bullish on him i love it i love it so much 770 764 snaps so you can't just look at his end of season and be like oh he was db whatever 0.27 that is borderline 0.3 ish that's that elite number let's see if he's done that before oh 0.25 that's a good number let's go back to that rookie year 0.21 so he's gotten better every single year too Another thing people said after his rookie season, oh, he's not that good. He can't get better. You know, everybody has to go backwards for whatever reason. If a player is good in fantasy football, the consensus is just like, well, he can never do better. And it's like maybe, just maybe, get him coached up a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, wow. Three passes defended, seven tackles for loss, four sacks. Yeah, I, I love Winfield. I'm glad you have him up there. 24 years old, too can't be understated that he's going to be a threat and a meaningful piece of a lot of people's idp teams going forward for a while similar sort of setup here on the top end is you um talk me through kyle hamilton because we, we know we have we, we know he's drafted high uh we know that chuck clark moved on to the jets uh we know deshaun elliott moved on to the lions that was last year so he Kind of, I have to assume this is just because he's basically going to be that de facto guy. Um, and we've seen quite a bit of good production from the safeties there, consistent production from them. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on him, you know, based on what you saw last year and going forward this year? Obviously, you're bullish. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people drafted him as the, the rookie, num you know, DB number one last year. Um, you know, I think I liked how he got, you know, the production he got with the snaps as the season progressed. And then, you know, obviously Chuck Clark not being there is going to make a big difference. You know, I like the, the way they utilized him. He was kind of jack of all trades. You know, he could, he could play a lot of, a lot of different spots and, and make plays on the ball. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard, you know, guy 22 years old. And it's hard to, you know, these DBs, I mean, there's, you know, you're looking at some older ones, you know, kind of hanging around, but, you know, I, mm -hmm. I like what I've seen so far from Hamilton from I think he's been you know pretty productive when the you know they get, you know for snaps or whatever he was let's take a peek up there. Eight two eight. that's yeah, a big so, number um and I know I know uh at one point in the season I know I think PFF had him as the number one DB which was kind of oh funny he's gotta be good he kind of, you know, it's kind of funny because he was a limit, you know, limited snaps. Yeah, I think he was, I think they said like they do that whole minimum, like I think it was like minimum like two snaps or something like that. And, uh, but it's still, I mean, he, he did play well. I mean, there were some concerns of him coming out of the draft that, you know, he was, you know, going to have 
know, I think he well, was bad in the preseason or something. I can't it was remember. a level of competition. You know, I mean, we knew they liked Chuck Clark. He earned his role there. And then they brought in, uh, was it Marcus Williams? Was the other uh, free safety they brought in? So we knew they brought him in too. And he's another guy that PFF loved, graded really well. So we knew he wasn't going to come off the field, basically. Um, it wasn't like Geno Stone. Or there was another, who was yeah. the other defensive back that I forget? Somebody else was kind of in and out of the lineups a lot last year. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. I can't remember his name. But anyway, Kyle Hamilton, essentially, he should slot into a very meaningful position. Like you said, I'm with you. Um, we kind of know, too, based on history of organizations, that the Ravens historically kind of don't baby, but they don't play their rookies super heavy at any position almost ever. Uh, so we kind of so to me for him to even get 548 snaps, that's that's a good sign in my eyes. So I expected him to do maybe more like three, four hundred kind of just kind of rotate in and out a little bit. I mean, that's still a pretty significant number of overall snaps on the season. That means that I think that, you know, Harbaugh and the guys wanted to get him acclimated because they knew that he was essentially going to be the heir apparent pretty quickly. Um, so I think that's reflected in your rankings of him, uh, which you again, you have him in here in your top eight. I love that. I think I'm not sure exactly where he is in mind. He's in my top 10 ish area. Basically, what I've learned in the past 56 minutes is that we see quite a few of these players eye to eye or at least, you know, tier to tier, uh, which is encouraging for me because, again, uh, you know, when you're in the presence of greatness, you should be trying to learn at all times. So it's good to see that I'm, I'm on the, the right path. I am picking up some of your good habits, some of your uh, some of your keen eyesight in some of these things. Um any final comments on any of these guys? Anybody here, like a Cameron Curl take or anything like that before I kind of pull up some of these comments over here and maybe we roll out of here for the evening? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Cameron Curl. I mean, you know, another guy that right, I have right below him is Bufanga. I'm, I'm you know, probably not not drafting him that high. I'm a little nervous about, how, you know, kind of how he gets used, kind of deep, yeah. you know, deep a little bit more. You know, he kind of faded a little bit in the second half of the season. Um, I think people are going to remember his first half of the season when they're drafting, and um, I'm going to kind of fade him a little bit. Um, you, know, you know, you've got Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw who are going to, you know, s- s- get Make all those right tackles. Plays. And uh, and like we said, I think the snaps there in San Francisco were a little bit lower too. So um, he's somebody probably that I'm, you know, I have him up there, but I'm, you know, most likely somebody's going to be taking him before before I get a chance. Yeah, and that's fair. And again, I, I have this written down, you know, I'll kind of share with my thought on rankings, big picture before we get out of here. But, you know, rankings are a combination of several things. You know, it's combinations of projections. It's a combination of your pri- personal priorities, uh, a combination of your confidence in a player. So it's not necessarily just like an arbitrary list. Like you might have him ranked that high, but like you said, you're not going to draft him that high because your confidence level is a little bit lower. You even said it there, but you still ranked him that high because your projections, you see a way for him to get that high. You know what I mean? So I've been kind of deconstructing the whole idea of rankings lately. So I'm like, what are rankings really? You know what I mean? It's, and I've kind of ended on that. It's, it's projections, it's priorities and it's confidence. You know what I mean? And it's a combination of all those things. It's not necessarily this is the order you should draft them in, or this is the order of who is the best, or even what I actually absolutely think is going to happen because it's going to change from day to day. The projections, if new people are coming in, that's going to affect it. That's one big variable. My priority based on the team I'm building is going to affect how I'm 
ranking particular players in a tier a whole tier of linebackers you know or running backs might be actually down a whole other tier because i'm behind or i have better options available at a different position so you kind of again you're building yourself these i don't know parameters to where you can say okay i've gotten to this point maybe it, now i can readjust you know you have to kind of know where your lines are and you have to know what those variables are you're looking for to get there so some of those are abstract you know it's not just the raw numbers it's you know priority what position you know or am i going to prioritize the tackles or the sacks or am i going to prioritize young versus you know known production there's a lot of different things that go into it that aren't just a number you know what i'm saying so i love that you kind of talked about that with hafanga in particular because he's a perfect example of that where it's i'm with you i, I the upside is there you know he's got the skill set but there's other things around him that maybe hold him down so you deprioritize him a little bit but your confidence is still there because we know he's a good player so he still pushes his way back up into that back end db1 so i i think that's a great place to end the show here actually okay. um any final comments words of wisdom for the idp army that's out there for the general fantasy football fanatic that may or may not have accidentally stumbled upon this show? Uh, I guess I'd just say, you know, we're going to be updating these rankings every, every month. You know, we're looking at this stuff every day. You know, we, you know, it's constantly changing in these, these lists and, you know, it's, yeah, like you said, it's on projections. So, but, uh, you know, the IDP army and RPO football are going to stay on top of these and give you the, the stuff to help you win. Bang, bang. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Leo's got both sides of the ball. We got both sides of the ball. Ball's in your court. All right, all y'all. I won't put any names on it, but I'll be scheming through y'all's discords. I'll be looking at y'all's price points. You'll be charging people for IDP content out here that I know is not as good as mine. Shame on you, okay? All right, that's all from us. We love you. We appreciate you, IDP Army. Until next time, that was your top 25-ish IDP players for Dynasty Fantasy Football going forward for the rest of the year. We will be back soon with more. Go check out Leo's website and I bid you adieu.